This is Comic Shenanigans, episode 185, Comic Reviews for the week of Wednesday, July 16th. Welcome to the Comic Shenanigans Podcast. This is episode 185. It's the Comic Reviews episode for the week of Wednesday, July 16th. I am your host, Adam Chapman. Welcome to the show. Every week we take a look at the uh, comics that came out the previous week in the odd-numbered episode, and in the even-numbered episode we do something a little bit different. We do spotlights, we do comic talks, we do whatever the case might be. Uh, so uh, let's get into today's show. Actually, before I do, uh, I just want to thank people who listen to the show uh i can't explain it and it's the weirdest thing but it looks like we're slowly crusting at one point that we were uh reaching gonna reach the um the thirty thousand download mark for all episodes combined and i was really excited about reaching that milestone and then i don't know what happened but somewhere in like the middle of today something like exploded i don't know if it's just it's not real downloads or if it's something what's going on but suddenly all my episodes from like episode 175 to current the most recent 10 episodes suddenly spiked like crazy. So if you're one of the new listeners, if that if that is indeed what's really been happening, welcome to the show. I'm really glad that you've decided to uh, to download the show and give it a listen. Uh, you pushed us way over our 30,000 download mark a lot faster than I would have expected. I think in the last day there's been like seven or 800 downloads. So I don't know what that's about, but uh, or maybe 600. But anyways, regardless, thank you. Thank you very much to whoever's downloading the show and such ridiculous amounts. I really appreciate it. Uh, if that's a lot of new listeners, that's even better. If it's someone accidentally, you know, downloading or listening to one on the podcast, uh, sorry, the Podbean website uh, numerous times, and this is counting uh, as new episode downloads, I mean, whatever the case might be, it looked great. So thanks for that. Um, I'm, a, I'm a stat whore. I mean, it should surprise anyone who's into, like, comics and numbers and all that kind of stuff that you would be a, kind of a stat whore when it comes to your own podcast, that seeing where the stats are coming from, that kind of stuff, which is crazy and really only important to me. So let's stop wasting your time, and let's get right into talking about comics. Uh, so this week, um, fair amount of books came out. I read a bunch that I wasn't planning on originally. Uh, speaking of, we have our first book for the week. We've got... The 100th Anniversary Marvel Special X-Men, uh, sorry, it's, I think it's 100th Anniversary Special X-Men number one, or what's the actual name of this? 100th Anniversary Special number one X-Men. Um, I did not like this. I didn't think it was that great. It's written by Robin Firth, who previously I only knew from the Dark Tower um, uh, miniseries as a creative consultant, I think, and maybe scripter with Peter David. Uh, Jason Masters on art. I don't think I know the creative team. Um, so it's 2061. It's the inauguration aftermath of it looks like uh, Scott Summers has become um, president of the United States. Um, kind of got an idea of what time has been like. It looks like it basically everything that happened in continuity is still true at this point. Um, it's just kind of a weird book. Characters start disappearing. Um, it just it feels very inconsequential. Uh, the ending with Jean Grey even more so it feels like it doesn't have a, even a real ending it just has this kind of FU ending um, that kind of a, takes everything away from what even happened in the issue um, I thought it was incredibly weak not very strong at all kind of a waste of everyone's time I'm going to give it a 3 out of 10 I just there was just not a lot to enjoy here and um, yeah I was very disappointed uh, next up is All New X Factor number 11 uh, so this is written by Peter David, artwork by Carmine D.G. Domenico. I'm amazed 
that uh, the art has been able to keep up. I mean, this comes out, what, twice a month? And yet it, it hasn't had any fill-ins, I don't think, and it remains a really well-illustrated book. Yes, maybe it could be a little bit more polished given time, but the fact that he has two books come out a month is nothing short of extraordinary in this day and age. Um, the the villain isn't the most interesting. Um, I did like the kind of the, the banter back and forth with Gambit. I like that we see that uh, the X-Factor name isn't all that uh, Snow has purchased from um, Layla Miller and Madrox, and man, I wish they were in this book. Like, Not because I really want them here, because I don't know if they'd fit in tone. I just miss the characters, because... I mean, I don't think anyone's going to touch them until Peter David does, so I'm wondering when Peter David will use them. I kind of hope we see them in a weird spot, like Spider-Man 29, or just somewhere weird and that you wouldn't expect to see them. Um, so this uh, the character trying to find his daughter kind of storms to the servo base, uh, isn't able to really get inside because of um, the shield that servo has purchased, and uh, yeah, it's kind of a, a messed up ending. Uh, sad ending, and uh, yeah, we'll see where they go with this character. I still like the issue. One thing I'm just not a big fan of is the weird redesign of uh, Warlock. Um, I don't know, there's something about it. Like, when he's next to Danger, he almost looks too similar to Danger, and that part I don't like. He should look very distinctive. He should look a little bit more alien and not just look like Danger. Um, that being said, I still enjoy the issue. Maybe not as much as some of the more recent issues, but it's still a good book. Uh, I'm going to give it a 7 out of 10. Uh, next up is Avengers World. This is issue number 9. Uh, let's see, it's written by Nick Spencer, artwork by Stefano Caselli. Uh, I really dug this. It was a fun examination of um, uh, Roberto DaCosta and Sam Guthrie being agents of, Sh- well, working for S.H.I.E.L.D. and being Avengers. Uh, they go into the future, um, they are kind of targeted by Taskmaster. Uh, they have a bit of a brawl in the future. They get saved by uh, Jocasta. Uh, I just think it's a, it's a great deal of fun. Um, seeing the, the kind of the next Avengers again is, is fun as well. So I like that we have those characters. Um, I like the uh, Back to the Future reference that they throw in. Caselli's artwork is strong. I, I'm excited to see how these two Avengers are able to interact with these next Avengers from the future and what their interaction is going to be like. Uh, I like these kind of stories. Um, yeah, I'm just totally in. This was a lot of fun. Um, again, the book is kind of, you know, odd, oddly, um, not oddly, but it's very inconsistent because, like, the issue, you'll get one issue, it'll be one thing, and then you you won't come back to that for two or three more issues, and then you'll go into something completely different. Like, it's it's very, at times, sporadic. Uh, it just kind of jumps around a little bit. It's a little bit crazy how much it jumps. I'm enjoying the jumps. It's just, you know, I almost want them to just finish one story and get on, and then go on to the next one instead of continuously kind of doing half a story then moving on and then coming back in the next few issues i don't even know how this is going to work in trade paperback form although i think about it i think i had the first trade so i should be able to kind of have an idea what that looks like in trade paperback form now uh so uh that i'm going to give in case i didn't already say it an eight out of ten uh next up is batman eternal this is number 15 or as i've heard some podcasts refer to it baternal um this is probably one of my least favorite issues so far. It's a story by Scott Snyder and James Tini in the fourth. Ray Fox does the script. Consulting writers are John Lehman and Tim Seeley with Dustin Wynn on pencils. Um, we finally get back to the uh, 
Corrigan and Batwing story of going through Arkham Asylum. If I completely forgot this storyline was even happening, and in fact, for a moment, I couldn't even wasn't even sure who Batwing was talking to. Uh, we get a little bit more of Red Robin and Harper Row. Um, was kind of the beginning of Harper Row being a, a costume character. Uh, just a lot of kind of slowly going through Arkham, but I don't know. It, it just felt like a very slow pace, and not one I really enjoyed. More of Jason Bard and Batman, and kind of deciding that they are going to be more friendly towards each other. Um, and then we have more of Batgirl and Red Hood in... Where are they even? In uh, Rio de Janeiro. And then they meet up with yet another the, member of the quote-unquote kind of family, but not really, uh, Batwoman. So now the three of them are, I guess, going to be teamed up. Um, Corrigan is captured. We'll see what happens there. Uh, looks like something bad is about to happen to, um, to Batwing. Of all the issues we've had so far, this is probably my least favorite. I'm a little sad that it looks like we're kind of done with the gang war storyline, because that was by far one of the most interesting aspects of the story. Um, there's a lot of things going on here. We're not getting a lot of movement. The most development in this issue is on the thing I'm most, least interested in on, which is the Batwing and Jim Corrigan storyline. Uh, I'm going to give this issue maybe a five and a half. Uh, the artwork I felt as well did not really match the consistent tone that they've been trying to develop in this book, so it just it, it all kind of fell a little bit off for me. Uh, next up is Electra, uh, number four. Again, it's written by W. Hayden Blackman with artwork by Michael Del Mundo. It is a gorgeous book, a confusing book, a messed up book, but extremely well done. Um, it's it's very at times reminds me of uh, Sinkowitz when he does the uh, Electra Assassin by Frank Miller. Um, you just got that kind of sensibility. I love his depiction of Electra. She's at times gorgeous, at times almost monstrous in equal measure, but it works. Um, the weird, the weird assassin they're dealing with. Uh, this other assassin who I guess is at kind of at the end of the road for them. Um, this was just a lot of fun. I really dug it. Uh, it remains just a really strong Electra story. It's different, but at the same time, not too different. I'm going to give it an eight and a half out of ten. Uh, next up is Miss Marvel number six. Uh, this remains one of my favorite books in the stands. I, for some people, I guess they don't like the art, or it's a little bit different, but for me, that's part of what makes it so great. Uh, it's written by G. Willow Wilson, with artwork by Jacob Wyatt, who is stepping in for, I guess, two issues. Uh, this is a storyline called Healing Factor Part 1. So we have Carmela having to deal with... Um, uh, you know, what she's been doing, which is um, Kamala has been, you know, sneaking out and acting weird, so she's sent to um, to speak with, I forget what his name, uh, the, the Sheikh, Sheikh Abdullah, to kind of have a conversation. She thinks she's going to get a lecture. Instead, she actually gets some really good advice about, um, you know, if she, she kind of says, you know, I'm helping people, and it's like, but maybe you need a mentor, maybe you need someone to help you. Uh, she finds a potentially dangerous situation that seems creepy, so she turns into her costume and decides to uh, um, investigate. I'm a little curious about how long they're going to keep the long red sashes behind her, because I don't know if that's that feasible as a as an outfit, the way they draw them. At times they're super long, at times they're less than the length of her body. Uh, she ends up, you know, kind of coming face to face with the inventor. We find out more about the inventor, which is crazy hilarious. Um... A Thomas Edison clone mixed with a cockatoo? Why not? That's just what this book needs. Um, she's about to go up against these galligators when she gets... She thinks she's about to fight someone, but she ends up having a team up with uh, Wolverine, which um, is pretty hilarious when she realizes who it is and that she gets to team up with them. 
two of them go up against these gators. Uh, they narrowly survive a fall. And then at the very end, they're up against a giant gator. Um, the way this is written is just a super fun. It's, you know, and I like the uh, kind of dungeon and J- Dungeons and Dragons-esque kind of uh, monologue, um, narration, sorry. Um, that she's kind of relating what she's doing in her life now to what it would be like to be playing, you know, a role-playing game. Because she's kind of playing a role that she's not used to yet. So she's kind of coming up with a defense mechanism to make it easier for her to process. I really dug this. I'm going to give it a 9. It was just so much fun. It's just a fantastic book. Uh, Next up is Original Sin, uh, number 6. So I guess this is kind of the big book for the week. We're almost at the end of of this uh, story. I found this probably not the best issue. Uh, It's by Jason Aaron, artwork by Mike Diodato. Um... So Midas and his daughter basically get on a, a rocket because they're going to space. Um, Fury knows that you know people are coming and they don't have much time. Um, we get the idea that he he was definitely dying, and uh, before and the Watcher kind of showed up to talk to him about it. Um, we don't know what's kind of going on. Everyone's kind of headed to uh, to the secret base that Fury's on. Uh, Fury has all of the uh, LMDs kind of turn on his this team so he can grab the two eyes and take off uh, to confront the inevitable. Um, he's dealing with the orb. He's trying to get the orb to tell him what's going on. And at the very end, as the Avengers kind of storm the base, we have Old Fury looking a lot like Cable, having a giant gun, having a weird thing in his eye, and then holding the Watcher's two eyes, about to face off against uh, the heroes. I just don't know what this book is. Um, it's not a murder mystery at all. It was something else completely. I feel like there's not even a lot of time being spent on who actually killed the Watcher. We're getting all these weird plot points of, oh look, uh, Fury is a you know this secret uh, kind of a secret Avenger, a cosmic defender. Um, he's bringing together all these people. One of them have to replace him. Like I'm just like really, um, I just not a huge fan. And if this is the last Nick Fury story we get, I mean fuck you, Marvel. I mean. It's fine. It's not a bad story. It's just uh, why? Do, why does Nick Fury have to go out like this? I'd prefer, like at the end of um, Hickman's run with Secret Warriors, uh, he it was obviously like it was before we actually saw it. Battle Scars hadn't happened yet, so we didn't have the new Black Nick Fury, uh, his son. Um, we didn't have that. That hadn't been set up at all. Uh, we so we didn't have him having the Infinity Formula gone from his body yet, but we did have a story that kind of said. You know, if you never saw Nick Fury again, the way the Secret Warriors ended was perfect. Uh, it felt like a, a very appropriate end to that version of the character. Um, now, having going out like this, I don't know. It doesn't. That's not how I want my Nick to go. If, if we have to say goodbye to the classic version of Nick Fury, this is not how I want him to go out. I'm gonna give this issue about a five. Uh, the art's better than that, but I don't think the story is. Uh, next up is uh, Robin Rises Omega, which starts the next big thing from uh, uh, Peter Tomasi, and uh, this issue is written is done. The art is done by uh, Andy Kubert. Um, it's gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. The first what six or maybe it's eight or nine pages is just recap, but I think it's a very solid recap. If you haven't read Batman Incorporated, if you didn't don't know anything about Robin or Damon, you can kind of jump in and understand enough that. It, it will still mean something to you, and then you have this very long action sequence between Batman, Russell Ghoul, and Glorious Godfrey and the Forces of Apocalypse. It gets a little long, um, you know, because we're just seeing the same thing over and over again. Then the Justice League kind of shows up to take on some paradigms as well. Um, 
I'm interested to see where the regular book is going to go um, once we're kind of done with this issue. Um, I, I enjoyed it. It was a solid start. I think it was maybe a little long. It didn't need to be the extra pages. It felt like a lot of fighting that maybe didn't need to be here. We could have had a little bit more plot, but this is just the way they're beginning the storyline. Um, really, we just needed to get to the end where Batman's like, I'm going to bring... You know, I'm going to Apocalypse. I'm bringing back Robin alive. I'm doing this. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'm curious where it's going to end up because I have no idea. Uh, I'm going to give it an 8 overall. I mean, I think... Mm, no. I'm going to give it a 7. I changed my mind. The artwork is, is really good. The story leaves a little bit to be desired. Not because it's necessarily bad, but because we don't get a lot of plot development forwards. Um, and sometimes that's okay. Sometimes in the first issue you want to have a little bit more. Um, next up is Savage Hulk number two. I'm loving this book. I hope uh, whoever he is, Tom Kerr, I hope he is enjoying this as well. Uh, he's the uh, the biggest Hulk fan I know, and uh, so I hope he's picking up Savage Hulk, and I hope he's enjoying it. Um, I'm loving the retro tale uh, way that this is being told. Um, it's part two of four. Got the classic X Men circa X Men '66 versus both Hulk and Abomination. Um, the artwork is classic Alan Davis fun. I mean, it's just big, smashy Hulk. Uh, it's not trying to take itself too seriously. Uh, it's kind of a fun, silly story, especially the way it ends with um, Marvel Girl becoming, I guess, technically uh, predating She-Hulk herself. Um, I like this. It's a lot of fun. There's not a lot of substance necessarily, but it's just a, a nice, fun, incontinuity, retroactive story. I'm going to give it an 8 out of 10. Uh, next up is She-Hulk number 6, which is got to be one of the ugliest books I've ever read. Uh, issue 5 was really ugly. This issue is even uglier in some ways. The colors don't even make sense. Like, There's an action sequence here where the green of She-Hulk suddenly changes to a much brighter, more vibrant green than earlier in the issue. Um, I Actually, now that I'm looking at it, I feel like the green is constantly changing throughout the issue. Like, It's not even consistent. Um, that's terrible. Who is coloring this book? You can't have the colors changing from bright, like a brighter green to a duller green constantly. Um, it looks like it's all done by Ron Wemberley, which is even worse. One guy is doing everything, then maybe be, have some fucking consistency. The story is interesting. The story has a lot of, um, you know, potential here. I mean, hell, you have Night Thra uh, sorry, Nightwatch being in here. I mean, um, we don't get a lot of resolution as to what's happening with um, the assistant, or what's really going on with this blue case. So, like, the story's interesting, and I'm, I want to know where it's all going, but the artwork is so freaking atrocious. It's just awful. I feel like it's, like, um, I don't know, like a 7 out of 10 for a story, because it's, it's still pretty good, although not one of the strongest issues, and like a 1 out of 10 for art, so that's going to give it a, you know, ugh, it's just terrible. It's so bad. I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10 overall. Um, yeah, it's just something else. Uh, this story is is okay. It's just the artwork is just atrocious. Um, next up is Silver Surfer. This is what, issue number 4. God, I love this book. It's very different. It's very, you know, kind of zany looking. Uh, you got Dan Slott writing with artwork by the Alrids. Um, I really kind of enjoyed the, the way that this is written and the way Silver Surfer and Don Greenwood interact. Uh, the the uh, way that the Guardians show up is quite interesting as well. Um, and seeing kind of why they were there at all to kind of mess with uh, Norn Rad. Um, just the way that he interacts with the with the Greenwoods and 
how the issue kind of ends is kind of potentially traumatic for the character as well. I love the interaction between Silver Surfer and Dawn. I want to read more. Um, this is just an absolutely perfect comic in a lot of ways. I'm going to give it a 9 out of 10. I just, it's just a lot of fun. It's goofy, but it has a little bit, it still has serious, it still has some pathos. Uh, the all red is just, the all reds are just killing it in terms of artwork. Um, it's, it's just really well done. Uh, next up is Teen Titans number one. Um, this is, let's see, written by Will Pfeiffer, artwork by Kenneth Rockefort. Um, the artwork's alright, I kind of like it. The story I found a little bit, well, not a little bit, uh, it leaves a lot to be desired, uh, but the artwork at least made up for it. Um, I think this is almost the flip of uh, what we saw in She-Hulk, where here it's, the artwork's much stronger than the story. The, st- the story's kind of, is very bare bones, uh, it's very kind of by the numbers, doesn't leave a, like it just doesn't leave doesn't make me that interested in reading the next issue but I really like the artwork and how the characters are rendered um, I'm gonna give it about a six overall um, but it's definitely buoyed up more by the artwork by Rockefort I think Pfeiffer his script could just do a lot more and hopefully we'll get that next issue it just as a number one issue should hook you more and this didn't do it uh, next up we have Uncanny X-Men, and this is issue 23. It's an original sin tie-in, although not really, because really, what does it have to do with original sin at all? Um, it's the last will and testament of Charles Xavier. It's written by Bendis, artwork by Chris Anka. Um, I don't know what kind of the beginning of this storyline in uh, South Carolina is going to go. Uh, so far, we don't really know what it means or what it's going to mean, but the brunt of the issue is more about She-Hulk, uh, getting the will of uh, Xavier delivered to her, and she's gonna kind of go for the reading of the will to the Xavier Mansion. Um, sorry, the Jean Grey School. My bad. Uh, you have Cyclops kind of dealing with, you know, he's still dealing with the fact that he killed Xavier, uh, dealing with being wrong, trying to be a mentor to these new students, uh, admitting that he's wrong to one. Dazzler's having a full-on br- uh, freakout, um, and. Uh, she-Hulk is wondering where Scott Summers is because he needs to be there for the reading of The Will. Um, it's a bit of a scattershot issue. Again, I don't think it has a lot to do with original sin at all. I'm going to give it a 6. Wasn't a huge fan of the artwork by Anka. Um, the story had left a little bit left a little bit to be desired. In fact, I'm going to downgrade it to a 5 out of 10. Um, I have a lot of high hopes for the storyline. This just didn't do a lot to make me more excited. Uh, issue 16 of X-Men is next by Brian Wood with artwork by Matteo Bufagni and Gerardo Sandoval. This is Bloodline Part 405. Um, I really enjoy this book in general, although this didn't feel like the strongest issue. Um, dealing with the, uh, the future and his pursuit of Shogo, and, uh, the X-Men are kind of taking the fight to him, um... And Jubilee is trying to escape or do her own thing. Uh, we'll see how Chimera is able to uh, kind of intervene. Not the strongest issue, but in the, on the whole, I'm still enjoying it. I'm going to give it a six. And that is this week's comics. Uh, this has, episode's been a little bit faster paced than normal. Um, I just don't have as much time as I would have liked this ep- for this episode, but I didn't want to. I also had a lot of books to go through. Uh, books I didn't have a chance to read this week include Batwoman 33, Deadpool, Dracula's Gauntlet number two, Fables 142, Green Lantern New Guardians 33, Harlequin Invades Comic Con International San Diego number one, Infinite Crisis Fight for the Multiverse number one, Magneto number seven, New 52 Future's End number eleven, Nova 19, Original Sin 3.2. 
Red Hood and the Outlaws, 33, Savage Wolverine, 21, Secret Avengers, 5, Supergirl, 33, Thunderbolts, 28, and Ultimate FF, number 4. Uh, looking forward to the coming week on uh, July 23rd. Uh, there's a lot of books coming out, some particular um, uh, items of note. Uh, we have, I believe, the last issue of Batman... Uh, Batman Zero Year storyline, so that's finally happening. Get the next chapter of Batman and Robin, or Robin Rises is the storyline, but it's in Batman and Robin. Um, we've got new issues of Flash, uh, obviously the new issues of the Weeklies. You have Secret Origins number four. The next issue of Jeff Johns and John Romita Jr.'s star, uh, Superman. Um, then if we, uh, we look over at so- um, Image, we have a new issue of Saga coming out. Still another week until Manhattan Project comes out. I cannot wait for issue, what, 22? Uh, from Marvel Comics next week, we have the next 100th anniversary special, which is Avengers. Uh, I believe the last issue of All New Dupe, although I'm not sure about that. Uh, another issue of All New Invaders. Uh, I'm really excited about the next issue of Amazing Spider-Man. I cannot wait for this book to become uh, semi-monthly again, because I was really enjoying getting two issues a month. Um, technically, we still are, but it's the Learning to Crawl story, which is a previous you know, kind of retroactive continuity story so it's not the same as really having two issues uh, a week, uh, sorry a month. We have the next hardcover of, of Avengers, uh, that's the volume 5, Adapt or Die. New, ex- new issue of Daredevil as it finally becomes part of the original Sin. Um, for those who are trade waiting on Deadpool, you have Deadpool trade paperback volume 5, Wedding of Deadpool. Uh, we have a lot of kind of reprints, but or second printings, third printings. Uh, there's a new issue of Mighty Avengers in the Original Sin tie-in. We have Original Sin 5.2, Original Sins number four, the uh, first issue of the Storm ongoing series. There's a new printing of War of Kings coming. I think uh, is it Realm of Kings that's coming up soon as well as a new reprinting. Um, you have the Wolverine by uh, Jason Aaron Complete Collection Volume Three, and. Uh, that is more or less it for this coming week. Um, so it should be good. So thanks for listening to the episode. As I said at the beginning, this has been episode 185, the Comic Reviews episode for July 16th releases. Um, I have been your host, Adam Chapman. You can email me at comicshenanigans at gmail.com. You can like the show on Facebook, rate and review us on iTunes, which is always appreciated. Let me know what country you're from when you, if you're doing giving us a review so that I can make sure to read it on the air. Um, and I can't check it. I'm, I usually only check uh, Canada and the U.S. for uh, these reviews because it would take forever to check every country that's on iTunes. But please let me know if you do um, give us a rating so that I can make sure to uh, read it on the show. Also, it's always appreciated if you subscribe to the show as well so that you'll automatically get new episodes on your iOS device. So thanks again for listening, and we will catch you next time on episode 186 as we slowly but surely get closer and closer to the monumental, big, giant, supersized 200th episode of Comic Shenanigans. Thanks again, and we'll see you then. Or next time. Not then. Next time. Bye-bye.